Comic Book Characters is an uncensored podcast. You can follow the Comic Book Characters podcast on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Neil Before Pod. We're also on Twitter at Twitter handle CB Characters, and you can also email us at cbcharacters at gmail.com. She's bound to run Hey everyone out there in the CBCU, this is your friendly neighborhood podcaster Alfred, and on this week's issue of Combo Characters, Iggy and I discuss the Ant-Man sequel as well as when it will be released, a revived DCCU project, we do our first ever comic book recap with Invincible Iron Man number one, Paul Rubens revisits an old comic book character movie role, we take another trip down the casting corner, and we take a look at Jessica Jones and Daredevil and how they're going to shape up in the new Netflix season. All that and more. Let's do it. Hey, how's it going, guys? Welcome to Comic Book Characters, the very best comic book podcast out there, hosted by two guys who happen to be Hispanic. Uh, you're listening to the CEO, president and CEO of Snark Industries, the invincible, the invisible, Ig. Welcome to the show, and joining me, as always, from San Antonio, Texas, the alluring, astonishing, amazing, friendly neighborhood podcaster, Al. How's it going, man? Hey, man. It's going pretty good over here, all things considered. It's a... It's a sweltering 93 degrees over here somehow in oh, wow. mid-October, so yeah. that's a thing. Uh, I have a sweater I, on right now. I, oh, Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, I know it seems like I talk about the weather a lot. It's just I really hate the weather here, so it's kind of always you know at the forefront of my mind. Um, also, you know, I was just thinking, I, I like how you introduce yourself, but... W- what is the what is the advantage to being invisible? Is it oh is it because we're on a oh, podcast and they can't see you? Well, yeah, I didn't even think about that, but I mean, being invisible is a it's an incredible power. Yeah, I mean, but, I think like most guys just like <laughs> think about pervy things. Like, let's are be you honest, porkies. Like you're gonna do yeah. like a porky situation. Like you go into a female locker room or something. Yeah, like, it's right. really lame. You know, yeah. but I mean, hey, it's a power. You could sneak into movies. I can go see the Avengers for free. That's true. You could also I could sneak in all kinds of shit. I can go to shows every night of the week, not pay a dime. That would be pretty good, actually. Yeah. 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 I could scare you people. Could, you could. You could. Things. You could follow Chris Angel around, and while he's doing a magic trick, you could actually like levitate, like hold something in the air, so that yep. it's like, you, and he would freak him out. Like all magicians would be freaked out. You could just constantly be trolling magicians in Vegas. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if that's the most effective use of that power, nah, but I, I mean, it's definitely something. It's, it is a thing. Um, yeah, man. Anyway, we, we've got a lot to cover this week. We've, uh, we've been a little MIA uh, last couple of weeks. We're getting some things together. Um, just a heads up, I know that we did promise a special guest, and we, we will be having a, a guest uh, on the show. We will. Uh, let's say this. We will try to get her on the show. <laughs> that's true. That's true. We can't make any more promises. But that's true. Uh, we, we definitely wanted to get her on the show. She was going to talk to us about... Her Comic Con experience, right? Um, Salt Lake uh, City Comic Con, Salt Lake Comic Con, and but uh, it just hasn't worked out yeah. yet. Uh, we'll try and make it happen in the coming weeks. Uh, apologies for that, that's but the, uh, we're still working on it. That's the trials and tribulations of doing a podcast, man. I mean, yeah, it's just that you is, know man. schedules happen. It's the thing that happens. We'll get we'll get to it though. Uh, no concerns there on uh, you know to me, but we do have a lot to cover this week. Just you and I, and you know honestly, I wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, first thing. <laughs> First thing is this really uh, pretty uh, recent news, pretty pretty awesome news, I think, uh, of sequel to Ant Man, uh, starring uh, uh, Paul Rudd, is has been officially announced, July fifth, so big summer weekend, July fifth, July fourth weekend, but uh, it's going to be coming out July fifth of twenty eighteen, uh, and the the official Get title, excited. the official title of the film, Ant Man and the Wasp. That's actually the title of the film. What do you think about that? That's cool. That's definitely cool. I mean, we were, I think we talked about after the first Ant-Man how 
you know, we 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 saw some potential in the Wasp character, but that mm-hmm. you know it wasn't it wasn't as as good as as it could have been. And I I remember I personally saying that you know even though she was still very much a secondary character, that if they'd make made another Ant Man movie, that you know the first movie could could definitely work as kind of setting up her backstory. Right. Um, because the movie definitely shows her as being on par with Ant-Man. In fact, she's more than on par. She's like Yeah, she like kicks him. his ass. <laughs> yeah, she's way um, better at it. So uh, I think it would be cool to kind of give her a spotlight and even give her a chance to kind of show him up a little bit. So Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for her. Hopefully she's got a, a little bit more of a, of a character uh, next time. And they, they got to do something about her hair because it's really not, not – not it's not working with that face shape, right? Um, so here's the thing. I really like that, that they include the Wasp in the title. Like, that's that shows you that she's got top billing just the same as Ant-Man. She's going to be a very prominent character. I But I, at the same time, I'm not a huge fan of the title, the way it's just worded. It's kind oh, of hokey. sexist. That's disgusting, no, no, dude. No, no, no. I'm, what I'm saying is it just seems like a little hokey, like Ant-Man and the Wasp. It just, yeah. I don't know, man. It, I, I don't know. It just sounds a little cheesy to me, I'm, but I'm glad that her name or that character's name is in the title. So uh, you would have preferred Ant-Man featuring the Wasp? Like a little feet? No. Like, yeah, like, yeah, like, a, like, a, like, a, like a little small circle in the bottom of the poster. Yeah. Just like her face. Um I, you know, I, I honestly, and here's, I just broke my own rule. I don't like to criticize something if I can't think of something better, but I honestly can't think of a better title. So, um, but anyway, yeah, it's cool. I'm glad, uh, you know, like we've talked about before, I was very pleasantly surprised with how Ant-Man turned out. It was a very entertaining film, uh, just a fun time, not a perfect movie by any means, but a fun time. And I'm glad uh, glad to see them come back for a sequel. Hopefully it maintains that kind of comedy balance. Um, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll actually get to see the Wasp it. in action because we didn't get that's to see That's true. That's true. And she, like you said, she kicks ass, and I'm sure she'll be saving uh, Ant-Man quite a few times in the film. Uh, okay, so completely like on the other spectrum, like could not get further away, I think, from what the feel of Ant-Man and Ant-Man and Wasp is. Uh, DC, something back on the table, um, you know, and it's kind of funny because we talked about this before in a previous podcast. I was really excited at first when it was uh, kind of announced and rumored that uh, Guillermo del Toro was going to be doing a DC film called Justice League Dark, which essentially was going to be kind of a supernatural, um, mystic kind of angled superhero, supervillain film. <clears throat> With a character by the name of Constantine um, as the central Pretty character. Pretty sure that movie's already been made, by the way. Yeah, which there was a movie with Keanu Reeves that was made called Constantine. Uh, not a very good movie, but <laughs> definitely not. It, it it is a movie. I can say yeah. that much. Um, but then he, you know, something happened. They they shelved the project. He dropped out. That guy, by the way, Guillermo um, is like having the hardest time with movie projects right now because I like the way be... you say his name. By the way, it's like you don't really pronounce any of the words in it, so it just kind of sounds. It like just it's all just mush, one garbled just mush, right? Yeah. That's yeah, because it's too many syllables for me. I don't it's, want. It's, I, it's, I it's hard do... for you to go with. Just say Del Toro. Del Toro. Just go with yeah, that I should just yeah. go with Del Toro. That's yeah. a good point. Del Taco, and so. <laughs> Uh, but you know, he can't get Pacific Rim two off the ground. And like, it's just, it's weird that he's kind of in enthralled in, or in, uh, and bo- and, uh, and bo- I can't hey, wait. Isn't he bo- also trying to do Hellboy? Yeah. Hellboy three. Isn't like, that also happening? Just like he, it's so weird. Well, like it's like everything's in limbo, but so anyway, it looks like Justice like dark is back on track. Uh, it's not, it's not fast tracked or anything, uh, Hollywood term. But, but it is on track, so they are still going to try to go through with pre-production, find a director, find a writer, and so on. I'm really kind of excited about this one because it's very different from anything else that's out there right now, um, both on Marvel and DC sides. There's nothing that's really in that realm. Doctor Strange, when it comes out, will be kind of Marvel's version of that. But as we know, Marvel does a lot of the light comedy stuff kind of in their films, which is great. DC likes to go a little darker, so I, w- I would kind of like to see what DC would do with this kind of film. Uh, I know you're not that familiar with those kind of characters, but would it, would it, where, where are you on that scale? For, <laughs> I'm just uh, thinking, just like, I wonder what Zack Snyder would think. 
Because like, wasn't he talking shit to you know about Marvel having an Ant Man movie? And now here's DC trying to pretty much make a movie about some of their fringe characters. Uh, yeah. One Zart- of which they've Zartana. already made a movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, if anything, it just kind of shows how comic book movies right now. It's just there's it's just really fertile ground, and I, I keep I keep worrying that this is yeah. going to be a bubble because it's like it, I mean we I mean in a way, even though I don't really agree, I don't agree with what Zack Snyder said. In a way, I kind of get it in that. Maybe we're doing a little too much here. Like, do we really have to make a movie about every comic book character out there yeah. right now? Uh, it seems like almost everyone, but what except if Darkhawk, except for Darkhawk, <clears throat> Dark um, <laughs> is getting in this, getting into this business. So I feel like if they ever make a Midnight Suns movie on the Marvel side, that they could put Darkhawk in there. Yeah, I think I think that he, that's would, that's like well. my that's like the last stand, right? As soon as we hear that Dark Darkhawk's in a movie, like that might be it. That might be the bubble. That is the bubble. That burning. might be the sound of the bubble bursting. Um, you know what but, though? Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, it's fine. I was just say, you know, you keep you've you brought that point up, and I, I think there's definitely a lot of merit to that perspective. But what if the superhero genre, as a film genre, is just a new permanent genre of film? Like, what if you know, like sci-fi is a genre of film, and there's a lot of sci-fi movies that come out all the time, and sometimes it's stronger than other times, depending on where you are and in what decade and so on. But it always kind of exists as its own thing. What if superhero superhero films establishes itself as a permanent genre of film? Yeah, I mean, I think I think about that too, and I guess that would be the best case scenario. Um, but if that's if that's the case, I think there's there needs to be a kind of broader take on what a comic book movie can be. And, yeah. Um, and I think you know shows like Daredevil and hopefully Jessica Jones are are kind of pushing the envelope where comic book. Movies, at least traditional mainstream comic book movies and shows, aren't mm-hmm. necessarily just for children anymore. There's there's right. a kind of a broader, uh, broader audience, and you know it's something that probably you know Batman was the, really the one that kind of pushed the envelope first. But, um, but yeah, I mean, hey, Guillermo del Toro, del Toro sorry, we both have <laughs> del with that Taco, um, is is a good director. I I don't know, his stuff's kind of hit and miss with me, but definitely a guy who's highly regarded and considered what? one of the top d- directors in the world. So, and he loves you know, this that's genre. a big name. He that's loves a big this name. kind yeah. of stuff. He loves Oh, he loves the kind of mystical, um, uh, what's yeah. the kind of magical realism uh, mm-hmm. uh, genre? Um, like Pan's he, Labyrinth. And, yeah. Like Pan's Labyrinth. And he could, he could definitely do something interesting there. So I'm, I'm all for that project. I think it's great. Um, but, yeah, in the back of my mind, I just wonder, like, when, when, does, when does the fatigue settle in if it hasn't quite already for a lot of yeah. people? Yeah. Yeah, and you know what I think, just, and this will be the last thing I'll say on it, I think, you know, what Marvel slash Disney, when they got the return on Age of Ultron, it was a little less than what they were expecting, still made over a billion dollars worldwide, it was clearly a hit, but like some of them were like, oh, you know, are we oversaturating, or like, yeah, is exactly. this a problem? And I could kind of see where they're thinking, but I, I think we're still kind of far away from from that being a kind of a realistic perspective. Yeah, and, and let's be honest here. Marvel's really the company that's pushing it the most. I mean, they're they're right. really making a ton of movies. DC really is is nothing compared to Marvel right they're now. Dipping their, they're dipping the toe in the water so, right now. Uh, this isn't really something, an, an issue created by DC. This is more of a, of a Marvel <laughs> issue. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, you know, with, uh, fuck, even like Valiant Comics now trying to jump in and make yeah. movies. Like, it yeah. just seems like... If you're a comic book character, you know, you're just kind of, you know, just get in the queue because you're going to get your movie eventually. Right. I think I think my best case scenario, and this is kind of funny because it's also a little bit of a worst case scenario, but I think if superhero films become their own permanent genre, then once that's sort of in the mindset of the general public, then people will be more accepting of shitty superhero films medium tier superhero films and then really good ones just yeah. like in you know dramas just like in comedies just like in sci-fi films not everything is good and some stuff is shitty and, and that's just kind of how it is and everyone just you know kind of goes about their day doesn't really matter um yeah that's kind of right. what i'm hoping for but we'll see uh all right i i'm not i'm not even trying to do segues here man i just it's, we have a lot of stuff to, to talk hit. about, so we're going to try and make these kind of quick hits today. Uh, so, so don't worry so much about the transitions. Let's just jump from, from topic to topic. That's my number one concern every time. I, I know it is, but a lot of them are so terrible that they kind of all those parts. All those broken down segues on the side of the road. Yeah, um, 
Okay, so we got some cool news. Everyone was wondering, you know, uh, supposedly uh, Hulk was going to be um, in Civil War. Mark Ruffalo was supposedly nope. on set. Yeah. And Didn't then happen. and then they're like, nope, wait, no, he's not going to be there. Never mind, just kidding. Yep. And uh, we're like, oh, crap, where's Hulk? Is he still on that plane? He's on that jet. Where's he doing? Is he in space? Where's he going? Um we now find out that uh, they've released some news or information regarding the new Thor movie that will be coming out, Thor Ragnarok, and that Hulk is going to feature prominently in that film. Um, and I'll let you start off this one, man. How do you feel about that? <laughs> the one subject where I'm just like, I, I don't know what to say. I mean, it's like, I, 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 I'm not exactly well, not, not, sure. Don't even worry about the story. Just what do you think about those two characters you know, interacting in a film. Yeah, I mean, it's not like I watch the Avengers movies and walk away thinking, like, man, I really want to see more Hulk Thor action. Those guys mm-hmm. are really just magic on screen together. Uh, but they're, you know, they're just, <laughs> they're just such out there characters. Oh, I mean, I guess the Hulk is just like a, a normal scientist, but like Thor, it's hard to pair Thor with anyone from Earth because it's just so bizarre. <laughs> like, he's right. just from a completely different world. But, um, you know, Hulk, Hulk just instantly makes your movie more interesting i think visually because mm-hmm. you can just do so much with him um yeah. and and that's something where some of the thor movies um feel really separate from the other movies that are going on in the avengers world because they're just somewhere else in a different world so having a familiar face there i think helps tie it into that bigger picture um so i i mean i'm, I'm for it I, I'm, I'm i'm happy to hear it and it now makes sense why why we're not seeing either of these two characters in Civil War because, right? You know, I guess they're saving him for this storyline. That and that's a great point. I actually hadn't thought about that, but because they're not going to be featured in Civil War, where pretty much everyone else is, it really does make sense to like give them some screen time within the Thor film. And not only that, but like, you know, Hulk is a very action heavy character, right? Like if you're using him correctly, there's going to be a lot of action with him. And Thor can also be very action heavy, but is also very kind of theatrical and dramatic, especially with the dialogue and stuff. So I think by adding Hulk into it, you 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 give yourself kind of an out as a writer or as a director doing that film where if you feel like, oh, this scene is dragging or this part of the film drags, what can we do? Oh, let's throw Hulk in there. Let's, you know, let's toss some shit up like. Plus, you also, by putting these two characters, who are both very physically imposing characters within the Marvel Universe, you can have them fight against each other, which would be cool. We've seen a few times. Um, You could have them go to another realm or another planet and fight other creatures, you know? So I think, um, you know, I think from from a visual standpoint, from an action standpoint, I think this allows them to do a lot more with both of those characters. Yeah, I uh, agree. And I mean, like I said, I think it's those Thor movies sometimes can feel a little bit kind of, uh, I don't know, just very, very distant from, from removed, the rest of the Marvel Universe yeah, and removed. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, this and this might be a way, an effort for them to kind of bring that that's th- those Thor storylines uh, closer to, to what we're seeing in the other ones. In the other right. Movies. Right. Well, let's well, hopefully they'll that'll come together nicely and, and we'll see, you know, as always, we'll see how it goes. Um, all right, so this is the this is the first time we get to do this. We've been teasing this for quite some time, actually. <laughs> uh, we finally got on the we got on the same page, uh, literally, uh, about this, oh, and I'm, nice. I'm, yeah, and I'm happy to say that we are going to be doing, and we should probably find music or something for this. Uh, we'll do it in post. Uh, we're going to be doing our first ever comic book recap, and. Yeah. I'm sure by no accident at all, uh, by your design, our first comic book recap is going to be on Iron Man number one, Invincible Iron Man number one. That's right. In a way, the timing is impeccable because we get to start from the very beginning. Um, Mm -hmm. Well, you know, at least in this series. Uh, we're also going to do Spider-Man. I just haven't had a chance to read it yet, but maybe we'll do that for the next. Well, here's the thing. I, see, I got an amazing Spider-Man number one, right? Which is going to be, I guess, the Peter Parker right. Spider-Man. But there's oh, a we Miles, Miles. That's Spider-Man. Right. I don't think that comic's out yet. I haven't seen it. Okay, so may- maybe we'll put that one on hold. But Iron we'll Man do, 1. We'll, we'll do that one when it comes out, though. But Definitely. Anyway. Definitely. 
Um, but Iron Man one is out. Um, yes. It's you know this is the all new, all different Marvel where Marvel's <laughs> kind of trying to rebrand itself uh, with Iron Man at the forefront, and they got Brian Michael Bendis, a big name in the comic world. Uh, probably their top writer yeah probably their top writer to write iron man uh and this is the first issue um so let's let's delve right into it number one we get a new iron man suit and i gotta say yeah. the, the 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 design the, the design is is really cool but not just the design of the suit but the actual artwork in the issue i thought was great yeah uh so this is the same team uh that did that did uh Ultimate Spider-Man, uh, back, back in the uh, day, in the you know back in the day. So it's Bendis and I'm drawing a blank on the name of the artist. Is it the Adi Granov guy, or is that different? <sighs> no, Granov is Granov did do Iron Man at one point, but not not this one. Well, let's oh, see, right. I have well, the issue here. It's is it David Marquez? Marquez, it's Marquez. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the art's great. Uh, it complements the writing really nicely. I like that they come out with the new suit. I love the design of the new suit as well. I also liked how he kind of touched on why they even changed the suit. You know, like uh, that people on YouTube are reverse engineering some of his older suits. And yeah, I like, like that. There was a line in there like some MIT student reverse engineered my suit and then put it online, which is like, yeah. you know, that's so cool because that, that really felt it really feels like something that it's something happen. of this time. Yeah. yeah. In, in uh, this world, if an Iron Man existed, right? Like, we, that would probably would happen. Right. And then he also talks about, because there were previous iterations of his suit that, that were all nanotechnology, and they were coded to his biology and stuff. And it it kind of, you know, a lot of fans didn't like it so much because it, it wasn't like an armor suit, really. It was like part of his skin. It was kind of weird. And they kind of th- throw a line in there about that, too. He's like, you know, this is a real suit of armor, it's not nanotech. It's not. It's not coded to my biology because that creeped people out. Kind of thing. Like, you know, I don't know how believable these reasons are for the things that he does, but they're at least trying to address it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I, I give him credit for so that. So it's pretty cool. Uh, I think one of the other things I really liked about this issue and the direction they seem to be going in is they're focusing a lot on Tony Stark. Yeah, um, outside like the not suit. Outside the suit, which. Um, you know, uh, Bob uh, Bob Layton, uh, who was one of the artists and, and plotters of Iron Man uh, back in its heyday that I got to talk to at the Comic-Con, that was his big thing. He kept saying, like, the one thing that they do wrong with Iron Man now in the comics is that they focus too much on just Iron Man. They need to – Tony Stark is the, is the interesting character. And it looks like they're going back to that because they show him kind of on a date uh, with this other girl. Yeah, most of the issue is, is him on a date with, like, a Sri Lankan – biophysicist or something yeah oh by the way and yeah. we probably should mention this for spoilers because we are going to talk about the issue and everything that happens in the issue if you haven't yeah, read it there's really not much spoilerific about this except for the very end of the issue very end. which is and we'll get to that like, the too. weirdest spoiler anyway but anyway yes there are there will be spoilers so so they're on a date and it's really funny i love like kind of the comedy in that whole scene um but really it's more just a, it's just featuring the new armor how he gets the new armor what he does with it and then this date that he's on. Was there anything else that you took away from yeah, the issue? Yeah, and, and this this I don't think is something that Marvel just started. But you know, what, like reading the issue, um, I, I really get the sense that the Iron Man in the comics is just written to sound to feel like it's like the lines are being delivered by Robert Downey. Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> yeah, it just seems thing. like stuff that he would say, and like you can, or maybe I'm just reading it in his cadence. Uh, so it might just be me, but. Um, you know, they're, they're definitely making uh, Tony a lot more like the Tony that we see in, in, in the movies. Um, yeah, he's kind of snarky you, and yeah, kind of quippy. And right. And it shows you how much Jon Favreau and, and Robert Downey Jr. have really kind of been able to, to reset that character and, and send it on, a, on, a, you know, on this trajectory where now it's like you have this character that's across you know, all platforms is kind of pretty consistent. Um, so that was really cool. Um, there's uh, a, a bit in in the episode, in the issue where Madame Mask, 
right. uh, steals something. Um, I'm, I don't know what it is, but that's never yeah, revealed. Yeah, for some, from some guy from AIM, which is Advanced yeah. Idea Mechanics, it, I think. Is what you see, like, about. a light flashing inside the briefcase. It looks like Iron Man's, you know, suit, maybe, like a light from that. Very so Pulp fictiony, I thought. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but Iron Man goes to retrieve it and ends up in Latveria, uh, mm-hmm. And should we just reveal the ending? Because that's, yeah, that's really so here's the part the thing. where. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. So, so they actually, and they actually touch on this too a little bit in some of the dialogue. He's like, What the hell happened here? Like, what's going on? And they're like, I don't know. He's talking to Friday, I think, which is his new AI system because it's not Jarvis anymore. Uh, so his AI system's like a hologram girl now. And, uh, and, you know, she's like, well, ever since, you know, Doom left or disappeared or whatever, you know, everything's been in disarray. Like, you know, everyone hated Doom, but he actually ran a tight ship. <laughs> you know, like right. he kept the country together and everything. Well, then the the big the big reveal, literally the splash page reveal on the last page is he, Tony uh, is approached by someone and, he, and you just hear him talk at first. And he's like, wait a minute, that voice, I recognize that voice. And he's like, it's Victor Von Doom. And then they show, boom, Victor Von Doom looking like, kind of like James Bond or something. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's real dapper, dapper yeah. in oh. a suit. <laughs> nice. Uh, and But here's the really crazy thing. His face is normal, right? And so, like, one of the, one of the mainstays of the Doctor Doom character is that his face is really horribly disfigured. Right. It's always been a huge part of that character. Well, here he is looking, you know, right as rain. And I think that's supposed to be like a really big deal that he A, shows up and B, his face is cool and, and fine. But yeah, here, here's where I have a little a little, uh, a little bone to pick with, with Marvel. Yeah, we, we have the same issue here, and it's a, it's a pretty major one. But uh, yeah, go for it. I'll, I'll lead it off, and then you can you can add in as you, if you feel fit, uh, see fit. So as we know, Secret Wars, the hit summer event of the summer, <laughs> which is now spilled over into the fall, because yeah. only six of the now what are going to be nine issues have been released so far. Uh, it's not over yet. It was something that was supposed to have concluded before the all-new, all-different Marvel books were supposed to hit. And so now you've got these things happening which I'm sure are significant in some way, but because Secret Wars hasn't actually finished, we don't really know what's going on. Yeah, and that that is just so bizarre. Like, it's kind of, like I kind of feel like they just fucked up the relaunch. I mean, really, like, how do you let that happen? Like, it's such a big thing, too. Especially the you're now trying to reposition this as like the top brand, right? Like, let's let's put Iron Man at the forefront. Mm-hmm. And here you you know you put Bendis on the project. Mm-hmm. You have this this Marquez, you got top Marquez, you know Marquez. this uh, and Marquez, and you put you know you, you have them the, the very first issue, which I remember before this issue even came out, Bendis talking about how it's going to have in you know a huge reveal at the end. It's going to be a really big moment. It's supposed to be a giant swerve, and by the time I got to it, I was just kind of like, huh? <laughs> I didn't get it because Secret War is still going on. Doctor Doom happens to be the main probably the main guy i mean it's it's he's literally a god in that series yeah he's a god and it's the main guy i mean it's it's a really strange series but he's he is at the forefront of everything there and you you know you have to imagine that something big is going to happen to him by the end of that series that's going to set up you know basically this all new all different marvel but we don't know what that is (laughs) and like i don't know how i'm supposed to react or what that's supposed to to do i just kind of i just at the end was just very confused and i don't think that that's the reaction they wanted to get from no i mean talk about stumbling at the start like you know marvel was positioning this as a really big thing like they've never really tried to rebrand their entire publication like this before and to on this level and so the fact that it's kind of turning out this way is like uh you know i don't i don't know i don't (laughs) I feel yeah. like you're going to lose a lot of people like this, and it's unfortunate. All I have to say is that this is what happens when you turn the key, the keys to the kingdom over to an alcoholic. <laughs> it's a solid this point. never, this never would have happened if Spider-Man were still positioned yeah, as it's the a really top good point. guy. I, I, I'm really confused by it, and we're not going to even know what the hell happens, you know, <laughs> for, at the end of Secret Wars for another like three months. Yeah, like, yeah. So oh, like my. we're, we're going to have like what a handful of Iron Man comics with Doctor Doom in them, 
and like like I also wonder are they gonna like do they have to edit him like what if what if they wrote Iron Man in like in the second issue like Doctor Doom's like explaining what happens or like how he survived or something right like, like do they have to edit that out because that hasn't <laughs> actually happened yet I don't know it just seems like a fucking disaster this like is it's a just mess. a nightmare it's a mess. For them. You know, so th- you know a lot of a lot of our fans have have said that we are kind of Marvel fanboys, and we are of course fans of Marvel. I'm, you know, I think we're also fans of DC and everything else as well. But hey, man, we call a spade a spade. Marvel has done fucked up here. Yeah, uh, not not the best way to start. Probably the worst way to start actually. Uh, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, <laughs> I I really like Secret Wars. I really like how it's written. I've read the first six issues now. Uh, but I want to see that thing go to its conclusion. And yeah. I, f- I feel like this is going to take a little luster off of it anyway. Oh, I agree. But more than anything, I'm just excited about seeing uh, oh, Mary Jesus. Jane be mm. introduced into the Iron Man oh. universe and just seeing that storyline play out. And Where you know, is Pepper I think, Potts? I don't know. But I think Mary Jane, you know, wants to wants to try different things. And I think Tony's going to help her explore that area. Mm. You know, actually, that, that is oh, this will be the last thing I'll say on it. They did bring up an interesting point. You know, with Tony going on that date, it's very clear that he's no longer with Pepper in this oh, yeah. version. He's, yeah, he is a, a he's playboy, a bachelor. bachelor, billionaire, whatever. And all, all I'm saying things. is Peter Parker and Pepper Potts sounds pretty good together. That's Just a lot of peas. Just it out there. Mm-hmm. Pepper Parker? Pepper Parker. The Pepper Parker. <laughs> Peter Parker. Picker Parker. What? I don't even anyway. know what I just said. Um, um, all right, so moving on. on. By the way, um, I was thinking of, if you don't mind, yeah. um, just because we've been driving for a while, maybe we can take a stop at uh, Casting Corner. Oh, yeah, hey. It's my favorite place to stop and, and take a bite to eat a, you know, from a nice piece of pie over there at Casting Corner. <laughs> oh, my God, worst. Well, that's got to be top five worst segues <laughs> we've done in a long time. But this this is going to be a pretty entertaining Casting Corner because yeah, maybe my favorite bit of news this week. Yeah, please lead it off. Paul Rubens yeah. is going to be in the who's that? TV who's series. that again? Paul Rubens? Okay. Oh, okay, right. Some people don't know who that is. I guess that's not really a household name, but we're talking about Pee Wee Herman here. Yeah. Uh, that's what he's most famous for. Um, mm-hmm. I really can't even... Well, what else? I mean, he's been in a lot of other stuff. Does he have anything yeah, else? Yeah, Mystery like, people Man. Are... Okay, uh, Mystery Man. I believe he was in Blow, <laughs> mm-hmm. like way back. Uh, but anyway, he, he also played Penguin's father in Batman Returns, the Tim Burton movie Tim from Burton, the 90s. Right. Um he is going to be in the show Gotham playing Penguin's dad. That's again. awesome. So meta. Like, <laughs> that's, that's... even for a guy who's played Pee Wee Herman, I think playing <laughs> Penguin's dad twice in two unrelated projects, yeah. that's, that's, that is an achievement right there. That's incredible. That, yeah, that's like achievement unlocked. Like, that's <laughs> two totally separate universes, like Batman universes. And the thing is, he doesn't really age that much. He kind of looks the same. Yeah, he does. Um, and they, they try to age him a little bit, I think, in Batman Returns. So now he just kind of yeah. looks like... He just kind of looks like that. Yeah. He kind of looks like um, that. <clears throat> here's the thing. I just I just started watching Gotham. It's on Netflix, by the way, anyone else that wants to get on that bandwagon. I like it so far. I'm not going to go into like a review or anything about it. But I do. the Penguin character is my favorite character on that show by far. The character is really dynamic. He's really well written. The actor that plays him is fantastic. He, he's he's the reason to watch the show so far that I've seen. Uh, the fact that Paul Rubens can be his dad is really cool. That is a just a really weird connection. I mean, that is so strange. Uh, you know, is Billy D. Williams gonna show up as like the uh, mayor or whatever? Or no, no, no. It was it was Harvey Dent. He played Harvey Dent. That's right. In, yeah. In the, yeah. Ah oh, man. I don't know. Maybe that'll maybe that'll happen. That'd be really cool. I wouldn't mind seeing that. Um, I just always find it funny when like actors play the same character in two separate like story like two yeah. separate uh, programs, two you know whatever yeah, yeah, projects. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. It's it's like not even the Evans list. It's like beyond that. It's beyond the Evans list. We need another list. The Rubens list. The Rubens I mean, We need list. something where you know like an actor playing the same part in two completely separate. We live in a weird time that that yeah, could even right. happen. I mean, that just goes to show you. Like, but I, hey, I'm a big Paul Rubens fan, so oh, yeah, uh, I'm I sure always feel like that great. guy got a raw deal, and he's like one of the most talented guys out there. So, yeah, 
Uh, anyway, I'm excited to see him. I, I'm probably not going to see him actually because I don't watch Gotham, but you can tell me how he does. Yeah, I'll tell you, or maybe I'll send you a clip or something like whenever he shows up, just so you can see what it's like. All right. Um, all right. So uh, next door to Paul Rubens, uh, uh, oddly enough, I, it's weird that he lives here as well over here in Casting Corner. Michael B. Jordan. That's right. Human Torch. <laughs> Human flame off man that oh. movie was not good uh okay not I'm, ready to flame on no flame off forever how uh, how was there not a burger king tie-in by the way where he's like flipping flipping oh, the burgers right? and he's like, they have, like the flame broiled... it's the flame kissed burgers yeah right? uh come on bk flame you know on. what though honestly considering how that movie turned out burger king was was right dodged to stay a bullet. Away. dodged a real bullet dodged a real bullet there you think um, denny's made money off of them the Fantastic Four. They, that was the best the part Slam-tastic of Fantastic Four. Four. Was their Fantastic Four menu? All right. Well, let's let's stop burying Slam-tastic the lead here. Michael Four. B. Jordan. Okay. Michael B. Jordan. Uh, what are we talking very about? famously, infamously, I guess, played Human Torch in that terrible Fantastic Four movie that came out. Uh, he's also going to be. Um, uh, it's not Apollo, Apollo Creed. Creed. What's his name? Apollo Adrian? Creed's son. Adonis right? Creed. Adrian okay. Creed. Is it Adonis Creed? That's cool. It's Adonis Creed. Uh, he plays Apollo Creed's son in the movie Creed, which looks fantastic. I like the uh, premise of that movie a lot. Yeah, I don't me know too. if it's going to be good, but I really like the premise. I like the trailer. I think the yeah, trailer looks good. That doesn't mean anything, but uh, Michael Jordan looks really imposing also. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, got a little Star Wars news with him this time. Uh, supposedly, there's talks about him coming in as Boba Fett, one of the, if not... You know, other than maybe Darth Vader, maybe the most iconic Star Wars character. Definitely, other than Darth Vader, most iconic Star Wars villain. Yeah, I was about to say, uh, there's no way he's one of the most. I mean, he, I always feel like he's like one of those guys that like that like <laughs> just Star Wars fans like to talk about. You know, because like he doesn't really appear that much. He's mostly like kind of talked about. Yeah, he's talking. Well, yeah, amongst the fans, amongst the hardcore fans, like he's. You know, and and he's got an people. incredible name, right? I feel like most people just also. Were yeah, and he's got a great look. He's yeah, got like he's got, that cape. He's, he's a bounty awesome hunter. Helmet. He's a bounty hunter. Um, he's got that cool ship. It's called a slave. Slave one, I think. Slave one, slave two. Uh, but so, also like a, a mysterious guy, where like there's not much backstory for both. Yeah, but. that's what makes him cool. That's kind of what made Wolverine cool back in the days that you didn't yeah. know what was going on with him. You know, it's kind of like that. But anyway, Michael B. Jordan as Bobby Fett, which is kind of funny because if if for those that listened, I think it was just way back in the Tango and Cast days, actually. Oh, that's right. We, yeah. we talked about. The uproar that was the Black Stormtrooper controversy. Oh, my God, yeah. Um, which seems to have died down quite a bit, thankfully. Since Not to mention the Idris the Elba as uh, James Bond. James Bond. <laughs> controversy, <laughs> which set people off. Uh, so now we're talking uh, a black actor possibly playing with... You now, know, has Boba th- Fett's race ever been revealed? Yeah, because in in Phantom Menace, oh, the Menace? yeah, Fan- no Phantom. Attack of the Clones, okay. Attack of the Clones, the second prequel film, um, Jango Fett, who's his dad, you see okay. Boba Fett as a little kid, and he's like, I don't even know what race he is. He's like, I don't know. He's like Hawaiian. I don't know what he is. Oh, he's like Polynesian, or he's like Polynesian. Yeah, I don't know what he is, but. And he actually sees Django Fett like get killed, and so he's like, "Ah, murderous rage as a child," and then that's how he becomes Boba Fett. But that being said, I'm sure they can figure something out to make it work. Uh, Michael B. Jordan is a, seems to be like a legit good actor, Fantastic Four notwithstanding. Um, so I think if if the Star Wars people can get him on board, in whatever capacity, that's a good get. Yeah, um, I don't know. I, I think he could do it. I don't have a problem with him as Boba Fett. I'm not crazy uh, about it. It has nothing to do with skin color. I, I like I I was telling you off the air how like I just mm-hmm. always pictured Boba Fett as being this like kind of grizzled, right? Old, you know, just fucking like a world like a weary. Like, yeah, yeah. kind of like a Logan type. Uh, I get it. I see that. And like I don't I don't see Michael B. Jordan in that role at all. And like, yeah, I also kind of feel like, and this is going back to what I said a little bit earlier. What makes Boba Fett cool is how mysterious he is. I feel right. like you you run the risk of kind of killing his whole mystique by trying to tell yeah. the story. Uh, so well, the I thing is, if he gets his own film, I mean, unless they do like a Judge Dread thing, and I'm talking about the newer Judge Dread, where like Keith Urban never took his helmet off in that film, you never see him. Um, Keith unless Urban. The, 
Yeah, Keith Urban, the actor. Isn't that okay? I thought that was a musician name. Is there a musician named Keith Urban? Okay, then who's the actor? <laughs> 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 Keith, okay, Keith Urban is like a fucking country music singer. Is he? What's the actor? I mean, I'm name? pretty sure, dude. Okay, Judge, well, you, right, we're talking about Judge Dredd. Judge Dredd, the new Judge Dredd came out like in 2012, 2013. You figure that out. Carl um, Urban. Carl Urban. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Also, by the way, this is really weird. Both guys. Yeah. From New Zealand. Oh wow. Yeah. Couple of couple of kiwis. Yeah, a couple of keys. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my weebs. My we- <laughs> no, that's not. Don't. That's in that wrong country, dude. Okay, so. Carl Urban in Judge Dredd never takes his helmet off, and so he's just kind of there. Like he, he's you know he's there, but you never see him. Maybe they do that with Boba Fett. Maybe he never takes the helmet out. Maybe it's just Michael B. Jordan in nah, the helmet the whole time. Happen. I don't see that. Happening. That's kind of weird though. I, you you did bring up a good point. I didn't think about this. What do they do if they give Boba Fett his ho- his own film? How do you do that without like losing some of the mysterious quality that he has? Because you're making a whole film about him. And then the are other you, thing you have to consider is at what point in his timeline are you showing him in this movie? Like, is he a young Boba Fett, like 20 years old, just starting as a bounty hunter? Is he at the end of his day? Did he get out of that Sarlacc pit from <laughs> Return of the Jedi? You know, is it after that? Like, what? Where, at what point in the timeline does this fall in? We obviously don't know yet. Um, yeah, at one point, at what point does he like meet Dog the Bounty Hunter and like learn? You know, is right. he trained under his wing? Possibly. Yeah, he has to become an apprentice. I imagine. I mean, you have to learn from the best. Yeah. By the so. way, you just said that in in the movie he was like maybe Polynesian Samoan. What if he's Hawaiian and that's and he knows Dog the Bounty Hunter? There you go. Oh man, just connecting the dots, my friend. Just nailed that. Um, <laughs> Well, let's move on because we got a couple yeah. things we want to hit yeah, yeah. on, uh, but a couple so, more casting corner things. We'll uh, do these one real quick. is something I want to give you props for because you mentioned it in the last podcast mm-hmm. how we were talking about the, the the Black Panther movie and how at the moment there wasn't a director tied to it, but because that, Eva DuVernay had had dropped out of the project, exactly. Um, mm-hmm. And or Ava you know, DuVernay, sorry, uh, you were wondering who could who could step in, and you actually mentioned the director of Straight Outta Compton. Uh, F. Gary Gray. F. Gary Gray, uh, you know, could be the right guy to do it. And, right, you know, I think maybe like a few days after we recorded, get comes the news that he is now in contention to direct this movie. So, first of all, well done. And second <laughs> of all, uh, I, I mean, I guess you were, you proposed it, so you obviously in for it, are, are for it, but... Um, Anything else you want to say to that, or just, uh, just you know, accept, I your, wanna, accept the props? I appreciate the props. I want to give a shout-out to Kevin Feige, uh, who clearly has people listening to our podcast. Uh, thank you for taking me up on this fantastic idea that I had. And um, I think everybody agrees is going to do great. Uh, he also is going to be directing uh, Fast and the Furious 8. So he's clearly has an amazing agent. Whoever his agent is in Hollywood is like maybe the best agent in Hollywood. That's awesome. And also, Kevin, if you can hook us up with San Diego Comic-Con tickets, that would be awesome. Yeah, Natch. That'd be great, Kevin. (laughs) We'd really appreciate it. If you can get us maybe uh, to the premiere of, uh, you know, uh, Civil War or one of the Infinity War movies as well, that would be nice. Yeah. Um, It's not much to ask. No. I mean, you know, you don't even have to pay us. Just get us there and let us in. That's it. Um. F. Gary Gray, though. No, I mean, like I said, I saw Straight Outta Compton, and maybe I'm basing a lot of my opinion off of that movie. I, I have seen some of his other films, but uh, Law Abiding Citizen, he did Law Abiding Citizen, which I actually was a pretty big fan of. Um, I, I think he's going to do great. I think uh, I think he has the right perspective, the right voice, not just because he's black, but that doesn't, I don't think that hurts in any way. Um, you know, I'm, I'm really curious to see what he does with the film. I think he's garnered a lot of goodwill with uh, Straight Outta Compton. Yeah, and you know, we were, we were kind of talking about how maybe maybe kind of Black Panther gets a little revival here now that you know you got Tanahasi Coates Coates writing the actual Coates and Gray. Um, maybe there's a way to kind of have a little bit of co- you know uh, collaboration there to kind of maybe create. a little maybe a little Gray Coates. 
<laughs> oh man. On that note, let's move on because that. Jesus Christ. Uh, wait, we had some Brian Cranston news. Do you yeah, want to yeah, hit yeah. this one? No, up? no, no. But gray coat. You know, like his fans of like Firefly it. and Serenity are called brown coats. Gray coats. I, no, I get it. All right. I get fine. it. I'm just ready to move on. All right. Do you want to hit the uh, Brian Cranston news? Yeah, yeah. So uh, Brian Cranston, very famously of Breaking Bad fame, and I guess slightly less so of Malcolm in the Middle. Uh, he is the one who knocks. <laughs> right. Uh, he's Walter been saying White. he's he wants to play a character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, or in the Marvel Universe, not necessarily the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And he, in a recent panel interview... He said he wants to play Mr. Sinister, which is one of the preeminent, prominent uh, X-Men villains. Right. And all I know is if I'm Brian Singer, if I'm um, uh, Simon uh, Kinsberg over at, at Fox, I am jumping up and down for joy. You've got this fantastic actor that yeah. wants to be a part of your universe. And um, I imagine they must be working out the details at this point. They really, I mean, nothing has been released yet. But, you know, Godzilla notwithstanding, Brian Cranston is, is fantastic. He's a huge get. I kind of am a little sad that he's not going to be in the MCU, like with all the Marvel property characters. But, hey, throw him an X-Men and, uh, you know, have him have him act with uh, Fassbender. Oh, yeah. That that could that. be that could be tasty. There's definitely. I mean, that's that that uh, franchise is really quite known for for the the level of actors that they've gotten. You know, Patrick Stewart, um, mm-hmm. Ian McKellen. Ian McKellen. Yeah. Um, so Brian Cranston would fit right in. I mean, his performance as Walter White in Breaking Bad is, in my book, one of the top ten. I think acting performances I've ever seen. I. I, I agree would actually with that. go that far. Like I actually think it was that good. I mean, to see his I, transformation from the beginning of that show to the end, yeah, um, was really. I mean, just watching like an actor at, at the top of his game. Well, and then even like in the last few episodes, kind of reverting back almost in a way, yeah, like to right. being a broken man. Like, yeah, just. But not only that, his his ability to to be so so dark and villainous yeah i know like but so subtly like like where it gives you chills yeah i mean that's what was perfect he he was able to convince you that he was the same you know he was this obviously playing the same guy but at the beginning he was just such a vulnerable dude and like by the end he was just almost like not necessarily pure evil but like you could just see that he had a real dark side to him there's Behind his eyes, there's a lot of could, darkness could in him. see that yeah. he was kind of going to the dark side. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was great. So I, I could totally see him pulling off Mr. Sinister. Uh, yeah. A villainous character. He's shown that he can definitely do that and do that well. So that would be a great get for them. And I believe, my friend, you might want to go in and just, you know, grab a couple of drinks or sandwiches to go. But we're going to have to leave uh, Castle yep. Corner. I'm always sad to go, but I know we will return in the near future. So it's okay. Waving goodbye to the See you guys later. Court. Let's talk about a little bit. Uh, let's talk about Netflix. The, All right. The, the, the Netflix and chill. Are we? What? I mean, what are you? Are we shilling Netflix? What are you, what are you proposing? Uh, okay. Let's talk. Okay. No, uh, <laughs> I'm not trying to do a commercial for Netflix, though. If they want to sponsor us, I mean, sure. Um, okay. But. No, let's talk about comic book shows on Netflix because this yeah. is really, in my, in my estimation, kind of like where where it's at at the moment. Um, Daredevil was awesome. It's one mm-hmm. of like the best comic book things I've seen in a long time. Affirmative. And let's 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 stay on that before we before we jump on a Jessica Jones because sorry not not physically jump on Jessica Jones, but, but maybe uh, a little, slightly. Eh, but uh, okay. Daredevil season two, we got a little teaser trailer this week. Uh, don't get excited when you click on the link 
uh, the video. It's like two and a half minutes long. The first two minutes are just shots from and scenes from the first season, yeah, which like are still recap. fun to relive and kind of remind you of how awesome that season was. Uh, but it's not until the last 30 seconds that we get to see uh, images from this new season. Uh, nothing too groundbreaking here, but we do get our first looks, uh, at least in motion, of uh, Elektra and Punisher. Uh, for Elektra, we get to see her kind of putting on the the red uh, what's scarf, it? scarf mask, I guess, over her over hood. her face. Yeah. Uh, and then with Punisher, you get to see the back of his head as he's walking down a hall, almost looks like a hospital. Mm-hmm. And I believe he pulls out a gun. Yeah, you uh, see his gun in like maybe his chest for a brief second. You see his gun in his chest. Uh, you sent this to me earlier this week, and I think you just wrote chills or something. Like yeah, I did. <laughs> this really seemed to have an effect on you. Um, I, I mean, I, I didn't dislike it. It just didn't quite grab me the way it grabbed you. But maybe mm-hmm. you should tell me what about this trailer got you so worked up like well you know it's just uh it's just the idea of these characters interacting and like i had said before in a previous pod uh the frank miller daredevil stuff which is basically where the punisher electra and daredevil interact the most like it's all the frank miller written comics that he did those are really really good they're they're fantastic storytelling um, the fact that we're getting these three characters in a live action Netflix show, which is already shown to be a very, very well done show. Um, I, you know, I guess it's just the anticipation and knowing that we're getting just that much closer and like, you know, it's on film, it's on, you know, they, they're making it, it's done or whatever. Like it, uh, I don't know. It's got really excited for some reason, seeing the Punisher gave me chills. It really did. Um, maybe because I'm just really hoping that for once they get the character correctly. Um, because I really have not seen a Punisher to this point that I could really get behind. Yeah, me neither. And I think what's exciting about this season, um, I mean, at this point, I'm going to be excited about a Daredevil season two, no matter what. I, I just feel like we're kind of in good hands here. Unless there's some kind of story that comes out that, like, you know, the people behind the scenes don't like each other and, like, somebody you know, ends up leaving a la True Detective 2, which which sucked. It was like a terrible season. Uh, but Daredevil uh, Season 2, I think, looks really promising. And I'm really... And I think you could go a lot of ways with this Punisher character. I mean, we, we've heard that they've described it as a Daredevil versus Punisher type mm-hmm. series. Um, right. So, you know, we'll see if... How they kind of position Punisher, if he's really going to be positioned as kind of a strong heel to Daredevil's kind of good guy... Um, right. Or if he's kind of, you know, just a guy uh, who's not necessarily a bad guy, but just kind of, you know, lives by his own moral compass and by the end of the season kind of turns around and is uh, a little bit more on Matt Murdock's side. I don't know. There's, there's a lot of places to take. It. And then you throw in Electra, which, again, um, you know, you don't really know what her alignment's going to be. So I don't know. I think I think you well, could go in any direction here. It's yeah, a like, lot of questions. A lot of Yeah, it's lot not of like Superman where you know he's going to be the good guy every, right. every think he does. Here you right. got a lot of characters who could kind of go in any direction, and that gives the storyteller a lot more freedom to, to tell a more interesting stories. So I, I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. I think yeah, it's, gonna it's be awesome. great. I I am really looking forward to pretty much the entire Marvel Netflix collaboration. And uh, I mean, on the, in, in that same vein, something I know you are very excited to talk about, sir, is the recent release of these Jessica Jones little mini teaser trailer. Yeah clips that have been no. coming out no no no. Th- this no. was the entire okay this was the entire first episode okay uh marvel's jessica jones the first episode was screened at the new york comic-con um, ah, so okay. whoever got to go to that thing and i i should have gone i mean it looked yeah you should have awesome gone. And you even posted on our facebook page this video of this guy who did this amazing hulkbuster suit Oh which, honestly, yeah! Honestly, I would have I would have paid money just to see that. That thing is that insane. nine foot Hulkbuster. Yeah, it's uh, unbelievable. If you guys haven't seen it, go online and find it. It's so cool. Or go to our page. It's there. Or go to our page. Yeah, uh, but it's I mean the stuff that people do with cosplay nowadays is just unbelievable, man. They're so we, we should try to go to that next year. We should. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to go. It seems like it's a comic con that's getting more and more uh, attention, and uh, yeah. obviously, um, you know, Netflix decided this was the place where they were going to screen. The first episode of Jessica Jones, and um, I, I think you know, and I, I've read some stuff about the first episode, and I guess if you really don't want to know anything about the first episode, fast spoiler. forward a couple minutes yeah, or something. Spoiler alert. But um, there's nothing in huge spoilers, but 
apparently hmm. what did come out of it is that this this show is going to be sexually explicit in a way that like Marvel has never ever ever done uh, yeah. which I think is going to be interesting and like maybe might take some getting used to um, but apparently in the first episode Jessica Jones meets Luke Cage which this is going to be our introduction to his character um, he's going to have his own series at some point um, he's like tending bar eventually she's like you know they start flirting next thing you know they're like banging hardcore yeah and uh, according to the description start doing it doggy style which i mean whatever <laughs> right like no i mean it's not like the it's not like that crazy of a sexual position but like something that doesn't get shown on tv that much um you know that often yeah. um so like the fact that they would push it like that uh, on uh the very first also, episode also i yeah that's true that is definitely um pushing the envelope for especially for your first episode I think kind of the other funny thing you can take away from this is this is what happens when nerds report about what they see at Comic-Con. <laughs> well, Because okay. that was the first thing that came out. <laughs> no, that's not actually totally accurate. Because what okay. I read uh, was that uh, the sexuality was actually presented in a kind of refreshing way because Jessica Jones um, is very much in control of the sexual sequences. Um, right. So it's actually presented in a kind of empowering way. And it's, you know, female sexuality, female, you know, women kind of like uh, sexual pleasure is not something that Hollywood's ever done very well. Um, That's true. So the fact that they're doing that and in the first episode feels like a statement to me. So I, I'm, I that's think actually that's really cool. true. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, there's also apparently um, we talked about uh, Carrie Ann Moss is going to be in the show and mm-hmm. she apparently is playing a lesbian character. So, you know, Marvel also doesn't do queer characters very well, uh, or if at all. Um, so this will be a chance for them. Well, they did. Of- and they had another one on agents of shield, uh, for this That's season right. of agents of shield, right. they actually introduced the first inhuman that is, that is a uh, gay character and he's Hispanic. I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. We were going to talk about that. I think last week and in, we ended up yeah. moving it to this week, and now we have Jessica Jones to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, uh, well but I guess what it shows is that Marvel is taking these things into consideration and trying to, you know, maneuver them within their own shows. And yeah, and apparently in the first episode, there's also a kind of implication that Jessica Jones has had a past relationship with a female character. So um, we're seeing them explore sexuality a lot just in this mm-hmm. first episode. Yeah, uh, And that's yeah. something that is really exciting to see and uh anyway uh, that's just the that's kind of what came out of it it wasn't very spoiler heavy review um i think when when you have um sexual exploration kind of that front and center it's that's tends to be what people talk about so that's kind of why it you know it, it got out there as like the newsy part of it right um, right but I, anyway I'm, I'm i'm excited to see where the show goes and like, like i said earlier in this show I think for the comic genre to survive, you got to make shows that or or movies that are not just for or that are that are really just for adults, right? Like right, you can't just go family are, friendly all the time, right, right? And comics, I mean, have always been about getting you know kids interested, getting kids to read, right? Mm-hmm. And like, and it and it should always at their be core. like that. And I, I yeah, would never at their say core. That, that you shouldn't do that. Uh, and you know, big movies like the Avengers are always going to try to appeal to kids and adults alike. But I think there's also got to be a place where you can tell these stories in an adult setting. And I'm excited right. that Netflix seems to be that place where we can get something like Daredevil and now Jessica Jones that really feel like they're for you know comic book fans that are grown up and adults and you know don't need this stuff like you know presented yeah, to I'm, us anyway. I'm, I mean, if it were 10 years ago, this would be Showtime and HBO. And it's it's cool that Netflix exists. And even Hulu, which they haven't really done a whole lot in that way yet. But, you know, I'm sure they'll get there. It's cool that, that creators, writers, directors have these outlets and avenues to, to pursue, pursue these kind of projects. Um, I am really looking forward to Jessica Jones as well, just we're, FYI. We're close to an hour... Let's finish it up with a little yeah. DC news. Yeah. Um, oh, my you favorite. Take the reins you, you on know, this one. You know what we're talking about? <laughs> What's that? We're talking about some voiceover acting. Oh my god, your favorite, dude. No, I love it. Uh, so 
it just came out that DC Animated, uh, which they do a lot of great stuff, by the way. I'm a really big fan of all the DC Animated films, by and large. They're going to be doing Batman the Killing Joke, which, on its own, wow. Like, yeah, I know. Love that story. It's going to be interesting to see what they do. It's one of the most iconic Batman Joker stories of all time. Um, but here's the really big thing. It's they've officially stated that they are going to allow for this animated film to be rated R. That's incredible. Which is insane. Uh, I don't Talk think about like making stuff like for that. adults. I mean, here we go. Yeah. Right? And it's a cartoon. I mean, it's animated. <laughs> so this is definitely a medium that just that is usually for children. Um, at least in America, and, and they're going out on a limb, and they're trying something totally different. And hey, you know, if there is one comic book story that, that if you're going to tell it in an animated medium that you need to make it rated R, it is The Killing Joke. Oh, yeah. Um, so I think they picked the right the right subject to do it with, the right, you know, the right comic arc or whatever you want to call it. Uh, kudos to them for, for, for taking this kind of gamble. I think the fans are going to show that it that they'll appreciate it in in terms of their buying power. Um, the other great news attached to this is that Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill are going to be reprising their roles as Batman and Joker, respectively, for this iconic story. Uh, I can't wait. Yeah. Oh, that I mean that part of it is isn't necessarily new news, right? That that was reported a while back with the voice. Yeah, acting but stuff. I mean the thing is, Mark you just Hamill. Want to say it anyway because I do it, want to say it anyway. Yeah. But Mark Hamill has said that he he will only play the Joker for certain projects at this point. It's like it's not a given that he's going to do it. And they've gotten other actors. Uh, Troy Baker, for instance, is probably the second most famous known uh, animated Joker voice. Uh, they they get other people to do it because Mark Hamill doesn't always do it anymore. Uh, so. Right, man. Well, hey, this was uh, a great episode. We got a lot of stuff covered, and I, I wanted to mention this earlier in the episode, but I didn't. But a shout-out to the San Antonio Current, who actually oh, put right. us in one of their stories as uh, one of the six local podcasts to subscribe to. So thanks for that. And Yeah, thank uh, you, San Antonio Current. Um Anyway, that was exciting to see that happen uh, without us ever even having to reach out to them. So that was pretty cool. Um, anyway, man, uh, I think we covered quite a bit this week. And uh, next week, um, we'll come back to you guys uh, with the biggest news of the week. And by the way, man, you still have to tell your Comic-Con story. My Mickey Rourke uh, story. The that will Rourke be coming. Story. Will be that's, coming in a future episode. That's what we're going to keep kicking down, kicking down the road. But you're going to want to hear it. It's always really going to be good, though. It's always uh, going to be good. But anyway, man, as always, uh, it was a blast, and we'll catch you guys next week. Yep. Uh, until next then, yep. the Fortress of Potitude is closed. Stay super, everyone. <laughs> Later. Bye.